This is Akafe. Laura Marie and Jessica Marie proudly present A Court of Fandoms and Exploration, a podcast. Fair warning, everything the hosts say is explicit, full of spoilers and adult content and shall not be used against them. They have opinions. Let's try not to drag anyone for expressing themselves and just have fun for an hour. We all deserve it. This episode contains spoilers from Akuma, the Black Witch Chronicles, and the Infernal Devices, with mentions of The Cruel Prince, The Vampire Diaries, and House of the Dragon. For full lists, please see show notes. There's also discussion surrounding grief and death of a family member. Everybody and welcome to A Court of Fandoms and Exploration, your weekly deep dive into the YA literature and fandoms that we love. I'm Laura Marie. And I'm Jessica Marie. And today we are discussing <laughs> book three in The Dark Artifices. This is A Queen of Air and Darkness. And uh, our very own, <laughs> our very own Jessica Marie has something that she would like to say to I all of us. <laughs> I fucked up so bad. Um, yeah. I said in the past two episodes of The Dark Artifices, you could totally start here. Like, I totally get it. Like, this is a fine place to start. You'll go back to wanting to meet and know the other characters. I fucking lied. I lied so hard. I'm so sorry. I don't know what else to say <laughs> because I read this book and the amount of times that um, I texted Laura saying, I was wrong. You can't do this first. There's so, you know, so many things. You have to do it in the order in which we read. If you want the emotional impact, I mean, if you're not an emotional reader, that's cool. I guess it doesn't matter what order you read it in. But what I tell you, I've spent the last two days like my 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 lashes are dry <laughs> from all the salt water and the tears coming out. Also, like disclaimer, I'm a Libra moon. We're in Libra season. So that's where we are. Here we go. Here we fucking go. <laughs> Here we go. Um, this, this book is thick. I, this is probably going to be a long episode. I was looking at the pages to actually show my mom. My mom wanted to know what we were reading. And the last page that I looked at was like 888. So she's big. She's thick. We love her. Over 30 hours on Audible, which is how we both read it. Yes, which is exactly, exactly what I want to start off by saying is, um, we read this through Audible and, and... Mr. Mr. James, um, my goodness, Mr. Mr. Marston, oh my goodness, uh, the audible audio narration here is so amazing. I I cannot stress how good it is. Um, so James Marston was Spike and Buffy. That's how everybody knows him. Uh, he was also in Torchwood, and he's done a bunch of like bit stuff. Um, but fuck me, he's so good here. So good. It, so it, if he doesn't uh, have, if he doesn't work on camera at all for the rest of his career, and he's just strictly an audio book narrator, and I think it's also a perfect example that just because you're an actor doesn't necessarily mean that you're a great audio narrator. And he is amazing. He does every character. He does different accents. He does. He there's some different various translations where some of some of the characters are speaking in French or Spanish, and he nails them. I I just ah. Oh, that man brought in a, 
I mean, we said this in book two because he narrated book two as well. He he is Julian. He is the Blackthorns. And now, I mean, I, I knew it from the first book, but you've said, Laura, like when you read these, when you're reading the physical copy, you have his voice in your head as well. It's it's, it's his voice. It's his like cadence, his rhythm. Um, I will tell you, because uh, cause this book does like incite rage. Um, some people... Because I was on Reddit for this, uh, some people <laughs> fucking hate his narration. They hate it. They say he's breathy and he like uh, he gets really quiet and he gets and, and they don't understand why he does that and and it, and it's so like all over the place and they and they just want like a straightforward read and I'm just like what no he he is acting and. To that, to that, I will say, because there were certain parts that I bookmarked, and of course, like, if you bookmark back into the audio, if you go to it initially, if you just hit play, it plays it at speed. But then if you hit, like, go to clip, it plays it at the speed that you heard it. So I can see if, and this goes back to our audio reading versus traditional reading episode, where we say that some people have certain opinions about audiobooks that we had seen online that have been said online, people saying they don't like the speed and you can adjust that. So now I'm wondering maybe some of those comments, did they, who's, I read it at a conversational speed. We read it at the same speed at Mm -hmm. 1.6. Some people read faster. Some people do the speed slower. When books are typically at speed, I feel like it takes so long because it's not conversational. Mm -hmm. And so I like to pick it up a little bit and maybe that's where that opinion came from. I don't know. I, I think it's perfect. I think at one six, it is not only like a conversation, like a normal kind of thing, but the emotion behind everything that he is putting out there, it is amazing. It is just like topped. It's, and especially, especially, especially because he is a guy. He's a guy doing amazing female voices consistently christina is consistent throughout the three books mark's voice kieran's voice all those accents everybody is consistent through the whole but like he's just so wonderful um i love him so much and i'm so happy uh, that he did all three of them uh i do want to start i do want to start because his voice really does convey the pain of this opening and this opening is immediately after, immediately fucking after uh, the second book ends. Jess, did you expect that? Um, I was hoping. I was hoping. I didn't want there to be a flash forward um, or like, oh, here we are a week later. Um, and I think that's probably because of like from Blood and Ash from the last, you know, from from Blood and Ash and then A Kingdom of Flesh and Fire. It, those two picked up immediately and I read them back to back. So having that um, that same transition I I think you I think as a reader you needed that too because I mean I can't when this book was released in 2018 um some people are able to do like all the full rereads before the next book comes out um and some people aren't so I feel like that also helps with like I didn't do obviously a reread we had just read it um but I think that helps if I thought about it then I'm like oh wow like I I remember exactly I picked it right back up where we were and kept going. Um, but how fucking sad. Like, you're still like, oh, there, there's the pain that I compartmentalized for the last couple of weeks. The the part that really gets me, of course, we're opening back up in, uh, I believe it's like the uh, 
council hall mm-hmm. and Livia has died and Emma is trying to, to get to Julian and Julian is still holding her. Um, and Julian looks at Emma and he goes, I drew so many Arazis, but like she was already dead. So there was nothing he could, he was just like, so helpless. That's that is like one of the moments that break me. But I imagine if this ever gets to screen, and I hope it never does because no. they fuck it up every single time. Um, but that would be like a slow motion, right? Like Emma trying to get and then the people trying to hold her yeah. back, and they're trying to like, well, she broke the mortal instrument, yeah. the mortal sword. sword. Like they're trying to hold her back. She's trying to get to their para- her parapetai. Like there's so many freaking factors that are going on it's it also kind of reminds me of the one scene in the cruel prince where all like everything all everything breaks loose and then you just have Cardin kind of like lost and dazed and not sure what's going on i mean granted it's very different and similar but like that slow motion shit you know hitting the fan kind of ordeal oh my god and then julian of course takes a piece of Livy's bloody shirt and ties it around his wrist and he will not take it off until he has vengeance. That's what he wants. He wants vengeance. And um, as he's thinking this, his rune starts to burn. And that's like our first instance where his, we are, we get like that something is really wrong. Um, this is just so fucking awful. Uh, this book is about grief, um, expectedly, unexpectedly, and how I, right, and how everybody kind of deals with grief and like deals with. Um, I think uh, Drusilla said it really well. It's like uh, the whole, or Ty said it. Like the Ty whole, said it, and yeah. Drew said that that was a, he described it in a perfect. Uh, Drew said that Ty described it in a perfect way that she hadn't been able to put into words. And there was a hole where their sister had been. Oh, God. So it's, it's all, it's all, it's, oh my God. It's all about that. Okay. Um, there are, this book is so big. There are so many like pivotal moments. So we're going to try to like briefly touch on just like as briefly as we can in our Shadow Hunters episode. Yeah. Which always tends to <laughs> run long, but I think we can just go right to Julian running to Magnus. And begging Magnus, and we don't know exactly what in this very beginning, but Julian is, is he's begging Magnus to, um, you know, do something, take away his feelings. And what does Magnus do? He, he's looking, he's looking and he sees Will Herondale. It's what he sees. Um, and he, he quotes, uh, my note says that, um, Julian runs to Magnus in the rain and he goes, Magnus, are you thinking about someone else? And he quotes Will Herondale. That's exactly like I and you sent me that you said, here's this no context. And my heart broke. I mean, I'll never not cry when I go when I think about the spiral that is the infernal devices and Will Herondale. Um, But everything's so inter interconnected with this. And I don't know if there's a lot of criticism. I didn't do criticism research for this. I basically finished this book probably three hours ago so it's been all vibes right now (laughs) um (laughs) but i don't know if there's the conversation where people say like oh there's so much fan service or oh there's all these easter eggs because i ate that shit up every time i like and you were you were like look at you making connections i was like wait i know this thing i know this other thing and i wouldn't have known it if we didn't read it in the order we fucking read it in so thank you once again laura delicious (laughs) delicious you are welcome. Uh, I don't, I, here's the thing. 
this book is is difficult because it is about grief. And because of that and because of the love that I have for the Blackthorns and because, um, just as I said to you earlier, this is like endgame, right? This is, this is you know, everybody coming together. Um, I don't participate in slander about this. So I don't know. But me, myself, like you, fucking love all of this. Like more crumbs, more crumbs, please. Like I will feast here. Uh, give me all of it. Because like, it, it's just, it's just lovely. It's a reward for putting in the work. And we did the numbers. This is book 15 in Shadowhunter World. So we've put in the work uh, and we did it in the order that we did so that it can hit this hard because you can do the work in the reverse order and have this not make any fucking sense. So, you know. Yeah, I feel like if you did it in a different order, like now that I've read the fucking, all the three, like, pivotal trilogies of this, or, you know, series, sections of this entire Chronicles series of sorts, um, if I did it in any other way, I'd be like, oh, there's that person. Oh, I remember that person from here. Oh, I remember... And that's all that it would have been. And then continue on. Just kind of like some some series have um, books that can be read as a standalone. And so you could read it in whatever order. Uh, uh, there's like a lot of like uh, contemporary romance books that do that. But it doesn't take away from the story. It com- would completely take away from the story at this point. <sighs> Something that took me out of the story at this point. <laughs> uh, Horace Dearborn being named <sighs> the Inquisitor. <laughs> Piece of shit. And like Magnus is so tired that you know, like not tired. He's sick. Sick. He's sick. He's He's dying. dying. Yeah. And and you know, he's just like history again. Yes. Yes. You know, he's exhausted. He's doing this shit all the time for hundreds of years. And of course, he's more sick than some of the other warlocks because the like the warlock sickness impacts the oldest ones harder and first so he's been sick a lot longer than others tessa isn't really is currently quote like the only one who has survived because she's like part warlock part shadow hunter shadow hunter sorry because witch and warlock are the same Mm -hmm. so she she's kind of like her angelic blood has kind of superseded over everything and helping her heal but there's nothing no She's the only only one. one. We know this, that she is the only one of her kind. So people are kind of waiting on beta breath right now. Yes. Um, Just like everybody was when they watched Ty climb up uh, Livy's pyre. Um, Can you tell me what you were feeling during that? I'm just crying the whole thing. It's so sad. All of it. You know, and... (sighs) Trigger warning grief for this whole episode. Time and time again. And I'm going to be super emotional to nobody's surprise. People, I think, who haven't gone through a grieving experience, um, anybody, I think you you think that, you know, it's kind of like a 12-step process or the five stages of grief or whatever. But what nobody tells you is that just because you do, you hit steps one, two, three, four, and five, it's over. You know, it goes, you could do like go to steps one, two, three, and then go back to one, and then one, two, three, four, and then you jump back to two, and then you can do the whole one, two, three, four, five, and you still, it's it's never ending. And that's so beautifully portrayed in this book. And you're constantly seeing how other people are handling it. Um, you know, Julian essentially turned off his humanity. Um, that That's, you know, for anybody who watches the Vampire Diaries, um, 
Drew is angry. She's hurt. She's upset. She's questioning everything. And she's also questioning her relationship with her siblings because, you know, Ty and Livy always had each other. So she didn't know where she fit in. Tavi is little. He's kind of like, I'm sad. This doesn't make sense. I mean, even when they tell Tavi what happened, they're saying like, oh, well, Livy's gone. And he goes, that's fine. We can go get her. Like, you just know the innocence that's there. Emma is helpless because she's both part of the family, but also understands that she feels like an outsider despite her parabatai bond. These families are just how their relationships with each other while they're grieving and their relationships as individuals and with themselves him going up the pyre is just, and then you just Julian turning everything off constantly and realizing he needs to be the one to do it. He needs to do this as the constant protector. It, it's just, it's a, it's a lot. It's a lot all the time. It's a lot all the time. So Julian absolutely did turn off his humanity. He has no, um, he said like uh, romantic love, like Magnus's spell would target romantic love, but that it would, it was not perfect in that it would fuck other parts of his life up. And those uh, consequences were um, like unknown and would be unexpected. So because of that, uh, all he knew was the urge to like protect Ty. So and, and that was like stronger and deeper than any sort of like magic or anything that he could do. So up he goes, up he goes. And they say afterwards that his hands were like shredded and he didn't even feel it. It was just like, oh my God, Julian. Oh my God. And Ty, oh my God, Ty. But then you have to think like Ty this whole time is planning on raising Livy from the dead. Like he's going up there to get the pyre, to get the necklace so that he can raise her from the dead. And you're just like, oh my God, Ty. Well, and it's how he is processing too, because it's, he he doesn't go through the grief and he says that like when we're in his POV because he says we're not he's not processing that they've lost Livy because to him he's like we, we're not if we could raise Annabelle we can raise Livy this is fine we I got this I mean he he later even says to Julian in the episode or in the book I'm sorry um, he goes Julian you've been here for all of us for the last 12 especially once they find out he goes it's my time to be here for the family and Julian's like what? And this is when his humanity still turned or no, his humanity just came back on. And he goes, it's OK. Um, it's my t- it's my turn to be there for everybody. And we're like a good 60 percent of the way of the book through when he says that. So he's fully going through. He's c- gathering all the little things. He's getting what he needs to do to the spell to raise Liv- uh, Livy. Even though we don't have a body, he's like, we'll make it work. It's, something's going to happen. We'll, we'll figure it out. It's like, do first, ask questions about yeah. it later. Um, and that's what he's, and, and Jillian's like, okay, well, you've always been here for the family. So like, you do you, bro. Um, just wanted to tell you that I love you. And it's, uh, he's taking a lot of it on him for himself too. He is. My God, Ty. We're going to talk so much about Ty. Uh, Jess, you made a fantastic, you've a fantastic observation here. Something that you really stuck on. Uh, tell me why seeing Robert Lightwood's Parabatai, why is that a big deal? Why do we care about that? Like, so we know from all of the freaking things that, okay, so Parabatai, through all of our little crumbs we've been getting through the whole fucking series, that 
Paris Bataille aren't supposed to be in love. That's their whole, that's Julian and Emma's whole plight in this part, in the Dark Artifices. So we know that Robert Lightwood's Paris Bataille was in love with him, confessed his love to him. Robert Lightwood shunned him because like, and then you know that that also impacts his relationship with his son, Alec. And now, you know, he's building his relationship with Alec and Matt and Magnus. And then they have their grandkids. And now he's been like the best grandparent. We also read a novella where, um, where they're doing like, family dinner night and it was like it was alec it was magnus it was the kids it was the it was robert and he goes you know that was one of my favorite nights and alec was just thinking like that's so weird that was one of the most awkward nights for me but that was one of your favorite memories and times we've ever spent together like they're and they've already they're already having this conversation of wanting alec to take on this new role basically replace robert when robert retires or dies unfortunately that's where we are now and then you see that Robert's parabatai is still the, that like they are st- just because Robert like shunned him that didn't break the parabatai of bond in this afterlife. Um, like the connection is just so strong, and you just see him still mourning for like his best friend despite how Robert treated him. And Kit is the only one who sees him. And Kit is like, who's, who is that? Like, it was just some, some guy. When, when I saw, I knew right away, I had to stop what I was reading. Yeah. And we, we know that from the fucking research, <laughs> from all of the books that we did. I believe <laughs> putting spe- in the yeah, work, <laughs> putting in the work. I, I think specifically that one was from Shadowhunter Academy, that story. Um, but yeah, damn, that was, that was just really something. Um, you know, then we've got Jem and, you know, Jem gives Kit the glass ring and Jem shows up and tells about the warlock sickness and like how everything is going. My God. Uh, during this reread, I, <laughs> I knew, I knew it was Ragnar. I knew it was Ragnar Fell. I love Ragnar Fell. He's one of, he's just one of my like favorite, like sassy characters and like friends of Magnus. Um, but when he was like, like Mel- Shade or whatever his name, I don't, I don't know what he was going by. What was he going by? He was in this going one? by Shade. I didn't, but shade, I didn't realize yeah. they said Ragnar Shade. I just always yeah. heard Shade. So I didn't put the two together initially yeah. Ra- at all. Ragnar shade. I was, until they said Ragnar Fell, I was like, Ragnar Fell. Ragnar. Cause he's got green, you know, the skin with the, the, the horns with the hair, like all of it. And I was just like, oh, Ragnar. So the whole time I was just like, right, what are you doing? You dramatic little ass. <laughs> <laughs> he's so, he's so funny. I just love him so much. Um, um, okay. So there's, there's just like a lot of plot going on here. So let, let's, let's just kind of bring it down. Um, Horace and the cohort are, are successfully pulling off a coup of the government of the shadow hunters in Alicante. He's the inquisitor per now. Usual. Yeah. Everybody's, there's always somebody trying to do something with the politics. With the politics. <laughs> yeah. Shadow hunter world. And, and the politics here are crazy. So the cohort, the cohort, uh, and Zara and all of them are really taking over the government. And it's very much like shadow hunters, like first, I think they say something similar to that. Nephilim, Nephilim first. I looked, Nephilim at, the next first. Pa- I looked at the next page of my thing. It says Nephilim first. Uh, so he, he's very much that they're very isolationist. Uh, you know, you know, pure blood fairies are the enemy, the whole thing. It's very, um, it's very spoiler warning the black witch chronicles yes um noi the noi 
It's yes. also giving um, certain political affiliation parties mm-hmm. and such. Yes. There's also, they even say, make shadow hunters strong again. I, in quotes, I'm quoting that directly. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? So, many, many of voice memos to Laura in my, my rage on this. Yeah. We, we, we all, we all know what this is. We all know what this is, but like we're, we're, we're in this story. We're in this story, but we all know, we all know, we see, we see, uh, cause it, it is fucking obvious, especially when, uh, you look at when this came out. Yeah. Uh, so, so, so Horace, this little shithole that we have, Horace Dearborn, uh, is pulling off a coup and he is backhanded, like working with, uh, Obon, right? It's Obon. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to become, so that Obon can become the next king of fairy and, um, Obon as the king of Unseelie can work with Horus to become, uh, just like political, uh, they just want to do fucking politics and like isolationist and they want to work together. And, and, and Horace is just a little asshole. And he sends, he sends, uh, Julian and Emma to fairy because he knows their secret because he read Robert Lightwood's diary and Robert Lightwood's diary. I can't believe Robert wrote that shit down. He's, well, to be fair. <laughs> I know, technology, I know. Okay, I know. To be fair, like, technology doesn't work there. And he took, like, notes to keep, a re- like, a record. And I, then from, he, like, unexpectedly died. I get it. From, like, a, a note-keeping sort of political, like, records, like, I, like yeah. when he's doing the whole, like, separation of church and state, I am currently, like, state political. I need to separate this from, like, my personal relationship with them so i i understand that don't get me wrong but i'm still like fuck you know and like but he just does all mm. but horace does that time and time and time again with this like telling everybody everybody's business and he's like or i'm gonna tell everybody but then his little like cunt ass daughter is like saying like i know your shit because my daddy tells me everything and i'm like so you're not keeping it so just keep your mouth shut they're worst people. The They're the worst, worst people. people. They're the worst people. They're the worst people. Uh, but, uh, Julian and Emma end up going to fairy and, you know, they have, they have the, the amulets to prevent the time slippage and they have to, they have a map, you know, whatever. They have to go to fairy and Horace has sent people to murder them on the way to, you know, on the way, on the, on the fucking way. And, you know, there's the Kelpie. I forgot Kelpie's talk. <laughs> uh, the Kelpie does come in clutch later on. Oh, yeah. I, the Kelpie reminds me of the Sel, like, I just feel, I, rem- the Kelpie and the Selkies, just like their, like their, their general communities. I, I always like confuse them. So see, seeing Kelpie here as like a horse, cause they talk about the bridle. I think in my head, it reminded me of the Kelpies from, I guess that makes sense. Cause they're like in fairy, the Kelpies that they ride over in, um, in fairy in the cruel prince. Right. That's yes. how, okay. So, um, but again, it's like a whole other po- like thing that Dearborn is trying to, construct because he wants them to do his dirty work of getting the black the black book but that's why he has people following them to kill them and be like wait till they get the stuff wait till they get the stuff kill them and then we could bring the stuff back yeah because he wants the black volume of the dead 
Were you expecting Julian to pull out like a fucking Kinko's copy of the Black Volume of the Dead? <laughs> I thought he was going to show them pictures because Ty showed pictures. I wasn't thinking of office. <laughs> yeah, and Julian was like, no, nah, I'm going to pay extra to like buying this shit you know in plastic. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, they, they, they got this version from the Lord Office <laughs> Office Max. He's just like, fuck me. (laughs) Julie, okay. Obviously, I'm on record. Like, I love Kieran. I love Kieran. I love Mark. I love Christina. Like, those are my people. But I fucking love Julian. I love Julian so much. He's so scary in moments. And, like, this whole interaction that Julian has with um, the the queen and the black volume of the dead. um, And and just the way that he talks and, and just... Everything, uh, when Emma is like, he's, he's different. Something is really different. He would never say this. He would never do something like this. Something is like really changed. I love that. And the whole interaction and the queen is just like, oh, oh, okay. Julian, <laughs> the, f- the fuck. Okay. Um, very interesting. Very, uh, very interesting. Really love that. Um, uh, there's just like so much. There's just so much. There's just, there's just I, so much. I know. I feel like we're going to jump around, but we're trying to stay chronological. <laughs> but, so but that's it's why impossible. I'm like, Wait. Yeah. Because, okay. Okay. So I'll start. Okay. So if she's, so Emma's saying, Oh, I, it, something's off. Something's off. I don't know what it is. And flash forward to, I think it's like, Act two, or maybe like part of act three, where they go to Magnus. This, you know, obviously this is where she's picking up that his humanity is turned off. And so they flash forward and you, he even goes to Magnus where he's like, turn it back on. And he's like, you begged me for this. And he goes, yeah, but both he goes, I'm coming to you as, as somebody with no emotion. So, you know, I'm thinking logically right now. I am my, the, to be the best fighter and shadow hunter that I am, I need that emotion because like, if I don't have anything to fight for, like I, I'm not passionate. I just do it. And even Emma goes, he doesn't know where, when to like, how far is too far far. without having that emotion. And Julian even recognized that because even when they were, you know, trying to kind of brainstorm with Jace and Clary, Julian's like, no, we're not going to do that. Where, Julian with emotion would push. He would he would say he would even say like, yeah, we're going to do that and we'll figure it out. And, you know, Emma always talks about how clever he is because he's had to be clever because he raised an entire family at 12 while running an institute, while being a diplomat. So even all the strategies that were coming in place, he knew that because of the relationships that he built and he was able to build those relationships because he had his emotion. He had no other choice. So. Um, so that's where you're picking up on things. Then he's doing the, like, the, the boy thing where he's like, we could still do this, Emma. Like, you could have my body physically and I definitely want your body physically, but we don't have to have emotions. And she's like, fuck you. Yeah. Just cause you're okay with it doesn't mean I am. Yeah, she's like, no, get fucked. No, do it yourself. It's not, it's not happening. Like, I love when she, he's like, I'm gonna go in the shower and you better not fucking go in there or I'm gonna kill you. And then she goes into the bath. You know, she just needed to like not be around him. And he goes, she didn't turn on the shower. <laughs> so <laughs> funny. Wah. Uh, uh, and Julian are betrayed. They are betrayed right after this. Um, they are betrayed by but, the queen. Yes. And they expected it. Yes. They yes. expected it. I mean, granted, Julian says, I expected to be 
betrayed, but I wasn't expecting it to be so soon. Yeah, I didn't expect it so soon. Damn. Uh, so Neen, who is uh, Mark and Helen's aunt. Um, I, for- I Okay, thank you. Yeah. I was like, what is their relation again? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Neen uh, rescues, the, uh, rescues them and um, wants them to like intercept like everybody, there, there's just like a lot. There's just a lot going on. Uh, but they're they're trying to get to the Unseely uh, Tower, um, and to do that, they have to get through the thorns. And this thorn scene uh, was so like I was just oh my god, oh my god, like the whole and it was scary. Okay, so the um, so Julian and Emma are you know there's like a fairy um, like party trying to get into the Unseely Tower. You know whatever they're trying to like sneak in to be safe, whatever. Uh, they're trying to get in to the tower without anybody seeing them. And there is a hedge of thorns. But but uh, Emma has a knife and she starts cutting. She starts cutting into the thorns and they start giving, uh, which immediately for me, it was like, mm, mm, don't know. <laughs> and then she starts like pushing in. Right. And Julian is like behind her. And then but then but then he's like not behind her and then she turns around and it's just thorns behind her oh my god oh my god stop <laughs> you can see it like i think it goes to what you said earlier you're like you never want this you can see it in your head the whole thing but you don't want to see it on screen no at and all. i and i don't want to see this on screen right. but like and the the sticky the stickiness of the thorns and then she they start like pushing in and she starts like freaking out and she she like calls out she's like a new cortana and then she gets uh what is it it's dorndal dorndal it comes to her like and the it, sister sword or yeah, something yeah the sister yeah. sword of the same like temperament um and she just like hacks her way through and oh my god that was so fucking cool and then it just disappears it just disappears and it just shows like um and like court she needed a sword and cortana like gave her uh like like dorandal it's just amazing that's just such a great that's powerful as fuck that is that is just cool as hell i i love it and then we have um right from that they get into the throne room and then we have the red caps and we know the red caps from holly black in um that's matic uh, he's a red cap, so we have that. That's really fun. So I imagine oh, aren't they're friends too? Yeah, they're friends. They yeah, have they're like, they're best they friends. Like, yeah, yeah. I was like, they have like a cottage together. They have like yeah. a best friend getaway cottage. So I imagine all the red caps as um, Maddox. So that's, okay. that's that's that that's just where I was. I thought that was very fun. Um, but uh, you know, they go invisible because Neen gave them a little potion, and they get to like sneak in and they get to hear everything that goes on um, in the throne room between the queen and the king of Unseely, and like that that is that is pretty cool. Meanwhile, Dearborn has passed the registry. Fuck him. Fuck him. Fuck him. Fuck him. The registry that you have to register. Oh, all, all, all down roads have Wilders. to be registered. That's what it is. Yeah, they have to like carry a card and like have a number and stuff. Oh my God. Ugh, so fucked up. And also, also happening at the same time is Kieran is at the Scholomance and he has been kidnapped and um, what's her name gets thrown into the hollow place, which is Eldritch. Eldritch magic which i love uh and it makes you feel all the pain that you have caused there's just like so much but like all of that is happening uh but if we're going back to julian uh in the throne room this is when we get uh annabelle and we get ash you know we finally get to see ash and like interact with ash and we get um jace and clary and we learn who Ash is. Ash is the son of the Seely Queen and Sebastian Morgenstern. Yes. Was I supposed to? You didn't answer my question. Granted, I was just like <laughs> spamming you all my reactions. Did I know that? And I forgot. Did, or is this like 
well, pow, like we just found like, oh my gosh, this is brand new information kind of thing in this book. It, it, it has been rumored like in the shadow, like in the books, it, it was like a rumor, but we, the reader have a scene of Sebastian in bed with the right. queen. Okay. So, so like, yes, from, I do remember that. Yeah. I remember so that from, scene from that we extrapolate. Okay, yeah. I just didn't use my critical thinking during that. Because you know what, yeah. in my head, I'm also thinking like, there's contraceptives, not every, you know, just because people have sex doesn't mean the procreation's going on. So I didn't, I clearly was just like, whatever, keep going. No, I, I was thinking that that was like, because um, Valentine liked to experiment with like mixing different kinds of blood. I figured that they were doing their own kind of weird uh, and it ended up being that way. <laughs> uh, so we have we have Ash, and that is just like so. That is something that was like thrown in there when I read that the first time. I was just like, oh, Ash. Uh, but I love this exchange with Jason Clary and Emma and Julian, like in the in the cages and stuff. Uh, you know, Jace has stubble. I saw your note was like fan <laughs> art, please. <laughs> I love a little scruff going on. I do. I'm trying to imagine what. Jamie Campbell Bauer looks like with <laughs> a little, little bit of scruff. And I was like, I, I, I don't, I can't. Um, but like maybe Google, you know, TikTok, do your thing. I don't know. <laughs> Show me something. During this, this throne room scene, we have so much information. So we have the the story about the first heir. Um, the first heir being the child between the Seelie King and the Unseelie Queen, which was a girl, which was like, um, you know, kidnapped, but killed, whatever. She got away. And from that line, that is Kit. So the first heir is Kit's line. Um, but then we have Ash and Ash has had all sorts of like spells done on him. He's got like a big, um, like scar on his neck. And Ash isn't from that. Ash is from the Seelie and Sebastian Morgenstern. Yes. And Ash uh, is the one that is spreading the blight. And we know uh, from everything that we're going to learn uh, that the blight will turn into uh, doorways for demons to enter the world, uh, which is very scary. Um, so we learn all of that information. Um, and then Jace, Clary, and Julian and Emma are rescued by Christina. And they're just like, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? It's just amazing. Um, and then, and then here, it, it's just like the most amazing thing. Um, Kieran, the king, dead. Kieran is, oh my gosh. Kieran and, kills his, the king. Kieran kills. It's just, it's just so fantastic. I just love Kieran so much. Like, so Kieran, Kieran is the king of Unseelie. We love it. Christina helps. It's amazing. There's a giant, his body, bursts into fire, right? And then it just like goes everywhere. Um, I'm kind of speeding through this because 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 we have Thule. We have and to get to Thule. Thule. Thule happens right now. And Thule is very it, like this whole book is very bittersweet, but Thule is kind of hard, right? Like so okay. So remember, okay. We said we we're gonna talk about Ty. We said part of his grieving process. Um Includes him not grieving because he wants to bring um, his sister back. So goes to, you know, finds what he needs. To, what are some of the components he needs for necromancy? And it included something from an alternate universe. We know alternate universes exist um, from the mortal instruments. They go to hell, all that eat, stuff. Eat them. And so here we are. So we know we exist. Now it's the how. So... 
bodies disappear. They're in, you know, the fairyland, the, you know, they're in the Sealy and Sealy courts. And we get transported to Thule, which is an alternate universe. The one that Clary was dreaming about in her novella, which is why she didn't want to say yes to Jace proposing to her because she was looking at her like dead body which she didn't know at the time it was an alternate universe she thought it was her timeline and as we know whether like if you follow you know everything everywhere all at once or marvel that you know you know that your dream sequences aren't necessarily dreams but an alternate version and universe of you so here we find out and it's you know we it's confirmed that this Clary, this universe that Clary saw her dead is Thule. And this is the world if Clary died and didn't win this, you know, didn't, you know, you know, save the world. If Clary was killed in the Battle of the Burren uh, by Lilith, that was the, that was the, oh, like, it was very specific. It was That's very right. specific. That was the deviation. That was the deviation. Uh, Clary was killed by Lilith in Thule. And because of that, like, Jace lost all his motive. Like, uh, it all just, like, it all fell apart. It all fell apart because of because of Clary. And, and she, you know, she like, could do portals and she could make runes and, like, all of it um, fell apart because of her. That, uh, it just, I, I like Thule for that reinforcement that, like, yes, Clary is important. Like, yeah, she's, like, this annoying girl that we met in, like, a mediocre, like, entry series, right? But, like, she is important because look what happened if she wasn't here. Uh, so I do like it for that, like, kind of commentary. Um, the time change is different here because um, right away, Julian and Emma see Ash, and Ash is, like, around 17, and he was just, like, a few minutes before they fell through the portal, uh, so that was really crazy. But what's the big thing about Thule? Big thing about Thule is fucking Sebastian is still alive. Fuck. Sebastian is still alive and there's no magic. No magic. There's no magic. There's no runes. There's, I mean, things aren't happening. I mean, spells are being broken. If you, like, if you have runes on you, the longer you're there, the less likely that they're going to stay on because nothing exists. It's just sad and dreary. It's sad injury. I believe they say like the angel is dead. Um, they've they've killed the angel, so only like demonic magic works. The sun is dying. It's it's just all really fucking awful. And uh, Claire, or no, and Julian and Emma, uh, right away see Jace fucking execute Maris, and like my god, that I I like that scene because it shows us right away that this is a very very different place, right? Like Jace would never. He would never, um, no. but he does it without like, without hesitation. I do like that. Sebastian is very much like Valentine too, because he's like, "I kill you, killed my mother in front of me." So, Jace, this is your turn. You have to kill yours. You know the whole back and forth of it all. He's but like Sebastian has that. Um, we've talked about it, and you know it's said in the books too for the Mortal Instruments that Valentine is very much um, don't let him talk because. He's very convincing. Yeah, and, and like scary convincing. Don't let him talk. Uh, and, and it's like that here. And he, uh, Sebastian, has has taken over. He rules. He, he like lives in Bel Air. Like he, he rules. It's, it's a whole, he's got a whole situation going on here. Um, and, and it, during the time in Thule, Julian uses it to 
connect with Livy and like really kind of see the life that she's made here and, 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 and really just kind of come to terms with Livy, even though the whole time he's like, come back with me, come back with me, come back with me. But he's able to process this loss and this grief, too, because when they get to Thule, like we mentioned, there's no magic. So that magic that he that Magnus had over, like removing all like removing his humanity, he has his humanity here. He has his emotions. And so he can grieve his sister in a way that he needs to while understanding it's not the the Livy that he knows. Yeah, and the Livy that he, oh gosh, this Livy is so different. I have like kind of a rundown of what happened, because uh, because Livy Livy is very skeptical. Obviously, you know who the fuck are you? But like, um, Julian and Emma have runes; they're still visible. Uh, they they like give off different like energy and vibes. And she's seen everybody she cares about die in front of her. Tavi was in her arms. Ty was in her, her arms and they were gripped out of her when they were, you know, homeless sleeping under a bridge. So she saw Emma and Julian which is also like, I didn't completely understand where she's like, I you you and Emma stayed back while you, Julian, you told me to grab the kids and run. But then at the beginning as they enter this world we also still see Julian and Emma and all their PDA, like this Thule's universe of Julian and Emma. They're in Darkened. Oh, okay. They're in yeah, Darkened. They're in Darkened. Uh, so Livy tells what happens. Uh, they were taken, or the children, you know, it all went to hell. Uh, so the children were taken from Idris uh, to New York, and then New York fell, and then they went to Chicago, and then they finally went to L.A., um, Helen was dead. Mark was in fairy. Ty was killed by a demon. Tavi was ripped out of her arms. Uh, Julian and Emma sacrificed themselves. They became endarkened. Uh, Drew stopped talking and then she just disappeared and like didn't come back one day. Oh, and they said that they couldn't. Uh, she was like, they were starting to build that resistance in LA, but they don't have the resources to go out to, to everybody who wasn't coming back. Yeah. And she's like, ties alive in your world. Like, oh my God. The, 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 the mirror, the mirror of that whole thing. It, uh, so this whole, this whole time, cause like Livy is, is saying this whole story of what happened to her. And she's like throwing back like slugs of whiskey. And, and as she, this just goes, this just goes to the narration because as she's telling the story, it is impossible. If you have had any sort of connection with any character, it is impossible for you to be okay listening to Livy, like, tell what happened. It's, it's just the pain in the voice is just so amazing. You're just like, oh, my God. Oh, my God, Livy. Like, jeez. And, and, and for us, too, because it's like a double hurt for us, too, because it's like, oh, my God. That is the worst case scenario. Like that is the nightmare. Um, just, just, just horrible. And and Ugh. then you hear her like they're talking about their. Uh, they I say like Emma and Julian are talking about their world, and we prior to going to Thule, we're like, oh my god, this is awful. You're heartbroken the whole time, and then you see, it's. It's weird because it's like, oh, things could be so much worse. And you can tell that Livy was like, even with all the shit y'all have going on, that sounds so much be- like things sound so much easier, even though it's a struggle either way. Yeah. You know, it's not to diminish, you know, not to 
discredit or devalue anybody's emotions. But you can tell she's like, she's had so much loss. She's so skeptical. She has the morning rune on her whole back. Julian's like, that's for, that's for Ty. And she's like, it's for everybody. Like, it's for everybody. Like, everybody. So it's, the, the great I you can tell that Livy's like I have to fight for something in this I mean she even says I mean flash forward to the end where she's like I can't go back to for, I can't go back with you for any other reason that I can't just like have this whole world and have this whole resistance just to say you know do it on your own I'm out good luck like she had she felt like she had this responsibility that it couldn't have been for nothing Another person that's alive in Thule is um, Rafael Santiago. And I just, I just love Rafael. He's so he's, sassy. But he's still like, he's still sassy. He's, he's still, still wonderful. Sa- they were like, oh my God, like, you know, Magnus? They were like, yeah, like Magnus needed his kids after you. It's like, oh, oh he must my- be so insufferable. They're like, yeah, I mean, like you're, his kid's name is Rafael Santiago. Lightwood Bane. Lightwood Bane. Like, oh, like, make tell, him stop. Tell him to stop. It's like, this is so embarrassing. Tell Alec to Magnus to name the child something else. I cannot live like this. It's so <laughs> fucking funny. It's like, it's, you know, Cassie did a credit for all of us to, to sprinkle, sprinkle in the comic relief when she did to just like give you the chuckle where you're like, whew, I needed that breather. <laughs> You know? Yeah, because oh, gosh, it, it's it's just it's so much. Uh, okay, I know that I have been harping on it from the very beginning, but like the importance of Church Cat cannot I love Church Cat. His importance cannot be um, overstated or underestimated um, because Church Cat is how we have Miss Tessa. Miss Tessa um, gives us church cat, you know? Uh, what is it? Seek church? They said seek church. And everyone's like, do you know what this means? And I'm like, I do. I do. <laughs> I know church cat. I need to see him. I need to find him. Because we know we, church, they might be in an alternate universe, but church is still consistent because he's this <laughs> creation from infernal devices, from all like the creepy, crazy. Oh, my God. That, the first book, the clockwork uh, Clockwork Angel, you have the creepy basement with all the experiments that's, but you know, church, church thrives on. Church, church lives on. Uh, immortal church. We just love him. Uh, so we do. We seek, we seek church and we find, uh, we find Tessa, but Tessa is as Jem, uh, cause she knew that Emma would love to see Jem. Which is so smart where you're just like, Tessa is still clever. She's not in Darkened, but she's still like this clever woman in this alternate universe. And she even said, she goes, I will know if you're legitimately from this because if you know that Jem is dead, you'd be shocked. You're just ha- here. You were just happy to see him. Yeah, uh, and us too. It's like, oh, Jem. Hi, Jem. Hi, I Jem. love you. Hi, Jem. I love you, Jem. You're amazing. Um, so it is from Tessa that we learn. We learn like what is going on. Uh, Tessa wants Emma and Julian to kill Sebastian, obviously. Um, but the mortal instruments are sealed in the. A silent city. So, like, let's go get those bitches, right? Like, we can do this. And if you take down Sebastian, then the Endarkened go down. If the Endarkened go, you know, it's all, like, dominoes effect. And then they can have a fighting chance, right? That's the whole thing. Uh, and then it's from Tessa that we learn that the warlock sickness turns the warlocks, like, into demons. Like, actual, like, demons. And then that 
the um, water from Lake Lynn cures warlocks. So we really love that. Um, this this whole this whole situation um, where they go to the Silent City, right, and they like get in and they like have everything, and then they come out. And, and, and Tessa like does the magic and Tessa dies and like Raphael's holding her and this whole like fucking battle. Oh my God. So stressful. Thule, this whole Thule section is just so sad and stressful. It's, it's all over. Well, I mean, you, you feel like you just, again, it's another, it's painted in such a way where you imagine how desolate it is. You, it's very, um, what's, I am legend, but like it, it's 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 scary. I I psh, anytime something like this happens, I'm like dead. I am dead on sight because I have not a survival instinct bone in my body. It just it's like, just like no. I'm like I'm I, I'm not even gonna. Why am I gonna struggle? Why am I gonna try? Like y'all go on without me. I am not a mouth that needs to be fed. Keep, keep on keeping. It's just not going to be with me. I'm not going to. Why am I going to struggle so hard? I know. Like, oh, my gosh. But it's, it's true, though. It's true, though, because like everybody like more or less like kind of dies here. <laughs> um, you know, Sebastian is killed. Uh, Annabelle is killed. Julian gets his vengeance. We love that for Julian. Mm, yeah, we think yeah. she gets killed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like Annabelle, she's dead. We love uh, Livy. Livy says... Livy says, I'm not going back with you. I wrote a letter to Ty. Take this letter and give it to Ty. This is how we get the Ty. Um, the letter to raise Livy. Um, and then Julian gives Livy the cup and, and is like, you know, here, you will have a fighting shot. Maybe you can make more shadow hunters. You can ascend some people. You can have some fucking help. Uh, maybe you can get some like magic going on. Uh, we love that. And then they leave Thule. You know, there was some, there's that club with Sebastian and like arms <laughs> and hands in the ceiling. <laughs> And there, there's like talk with Annabelle, and it, it's in Thule that Julian and Emma uh, have respect for Cameron, and that is like kind of um, like a inside joke that is carried on when they get back. They're like so excited to see Cameron, and they like really love to see Cameron. And, they're, and Cameron's like, "What the fuck?" Y'all? And because he and Emma were so on again, yeah. off again, all with the first book, he goes. I'm just letting, I'm, he's like putting up his boundaries. He goes, I hope you know that like, I don't want I to don't, be in a relationship yeah. with you. I hope you're not trying to get back together. And she's like, oh, God, no. Yeah, God, no. No, no. and Julian's also like, hey, hey, friend. <laughs> you know, you know. Like, what Cameron just looked like over at Julian. He's like, what is going on? It was like, so yo. chaotic. It was so chaotic. And she even said, she goes, I like Thule. I like Thule Cameron. I would have kept dating Thule Cameron if he was, if he was here. <laughs> it's, it's so funny. Oh my gosh. I love it so much. And then uh, even without, cause then Thule Cameron is dating Livy mm-hmm. and like, they're saying like how he worships her. And you know, Emma's like, as she, as he should, as, as he, he should. should, she is a, she's like, she is a baddie. Like she was a baddie before, but like here she runs this shit. Super baddie. Oh my gosh. Amazing. 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 Okay. I'm jumping. I'm jumping. I'm jumping. Have to. Uh, Horace Dearborn, the little <laughs> cocksucker has declared. I wish I could do this whole episode without him, but I know that you know, it's, it's uh, He has declared that Clary and Jace are dead. They have been killed. They are using the evidence from what's his name that Julian murdered and that the Kelpie ate. Well, they twist the whole story. Yeah, they like, twist it. They're twisted. Look, They're twisted. Dane, he came back and he's dead. And look what happens in fairy. Look at these bite marks. They're savages. Blah, blah, blah. And this is just the, and then they have Dane's sister, Samantha. Uh, 
Um, she was hurt in this lake that they threw Kieran in face first. You find out Kieran tried to save her because she just slipped. So she's knocked unconscious, but they're just trying to create, like, spin this whole narrative because they're trying to, um, frame, frame the fairy to be like, look at fairy, look at the downworlders. This is what we're fighting against because they're trying to make everybody but themselves. They don't want to take any accountability for their action because of the coup, because of the uprising. They're just trying to put it on everybody else. So you have people, they're trying to rally people up out of fear. So people are going to be like, yeah, that makes sense. Of course, we're going to go this other way because look at what we're believing, what we're being told. Yes, and that is that is mirrored in the final um vote at the end where where ugh, people are very merciful where we wouldn't be merciful. Um, okay, okay, so the warlocks are cured. We love that. So now we have Magnus. Magnus is back. He's back at his full fighting strength, right? We got Gwyn and we have Diana going in with the hunt who have pledged fealty to Kieran. We love that. We love a hot fairy threesome. We we are all about a hot fairy threesome. We love a f- hot fairy threesome. We support a hot fairy threesome. Not just not just a hot fairy threesome, but like a hot fairy like polyamorous relationship. Yeah. Gosh, they are so wonderful together. The communication, the like just the respect, the oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, amazing. Uh, Magnus, at his full power, takes the spell off Julian. And then, 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 we have Livia's watch. And we have Julian's meeting. We have the two meetings with Julian that he calls. We have all of it. Jess, what was that like? He's so smart. He's so smart and brilliant and hard eyes all around towards him. I mean, I think I said this to you in the first book, maybe the second book, um, where I was like, please don't be mad at me. And you were like, why would I be mad at you? And then I go, I think I like Julian more than Jace. And I was like, Jace, Jace, Jace. And I was like, no, I'm a Julian girly. I'm a Julian girly through and through. And this, that just kind of is pretty consistent with this book too. Um, and, and it's, he's so, like, he, he knew what he was doing. And sometimes he needed some people to remind him because even Ty said, he goes, you ran the Institute. I, it's time because that's when, it, that's when it sparked. When he goes, you ran the Institute. It's time for me. You know, you took care of us. It's time for me to take care of y'all. And, but what stuck with him was, I, I did run the Institute. That means I know where all the shit is and I, where I hid everything because I knew stuff like this would happen. And we knew that because look at ha- what happened in the first book where they were like pretending they had pizza boxes. <laughs> like had, he had to be like quick on their feet about things. It, it's just, it's so good. It's so good. So what did Julian do? Julian, uh, used all of Uncle Arthur's or like his. But, you know, he was pretending to be Uncle Arthur's. All of that contact material. And he reached out to everybody and they all came to the Institute and he held one general meeting. And then he held a second secret meeting with all of his like known confirmed allies. He Yeah, he invited everybody right off the bat because he needed the little like spies of um of dearborn who are not really spies but they were supporters they were spies and supporters of dearborn to be like oh my god julian's having this meeting and so that's why they go back and so he knew immediately he knew it was going to get back to him so he planned like him and the team um they planned for they they were already two steps ahead because they knew what how they were going to react so they were already being, you know, they were already on the offense the whole time. And and um, the cohort 
had sent the um the brother of the Eidolon demon that Julian and Emma had killed as a shapeshifter to spy on this meeting. And that was the spy that oh, gave everybody right. away. Yeah, yeah, that was that. Um, and then we have two very important things that happen right after this. Uh, the first one is Emma. So they all like, you know, they're, they go, they go into Idris. They're already, you know, whatever. And Emma goes to fucking destroy the Parabatai rune. She does it. She, she goes to do it. And, and I love that she like, not only does she go to do it, but like it pops out for her. Like she's like, she's there. She's She's fucking ready. Like she's so ready. And Julian is like, "Mm, bestie. Maybe, maybe not tonight. Maybe not before a giant battle. Mm, maybe not. Maybe we wait. Maybe let's reassess. Let's reassess. Maybe we don't destroy the most powerful magical fighting bond that we have. Let's reassess after the battle. The, yeah, it's like, I'm not saying no. I'm no, not, not saying, saying no. no, no but no, no, we but like, need this to help yeah. us get like over the finish line. Yeah, re- regroup, 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 <laughs> you know. And she's like, I guess I can wait one more day. It's like, yeah, but you know, okay. she couldn't, they couldn't, <laughs> we know this, they couldn't, they get big, uh, but, uh, <laughs> but at this point it's like, mm, we should wait. Uh, so we have that. And that's very dramatic. Like Emma has a lot like going through her head there. Like I, it, it's very being in, I know we're like really glossing over it, but that's just cause there's like so much in the book, but like, and that's a criticism people have too, is that being in these people's POVs is a lot of feelings and a lot of like descriptions of feelings. But like, I like that. So it doesn't bother me. I, to hear that people have criticism, I mean, you know, to each their own, we have a criticism about the descriptors of cooking and preparation in the kitchen. Yes. Um, so <laughs> who are we to say? But I, I need those feelings. I love, I think it adds to the story. There's so many different perspectives, but it doesn't feel overwhelming. Um, I, I think it's necessary. I think I, I love that we have that because you're just the whole time. I mean, we talked about this before the episode where we were saying it's not just big feelings either. It's little feelings too. And I think that's just as important because how many times, you know, where you hear people have discussions where it's like, it's not one big moment. It's a million little moments that add up to something. And that's exactly what like the, like this is. And another perfect example of a million little moments that lead up to something is Ty finally raising Livy's ghost. It is so fucking heartbreaking. It is heartbreaking. I feel so bad for Kit. I sent you some fan art too. And like Kit, Kit, Kit knows it's wrong. Like Kit knows it's wrong. But like I also, I feel that Kit is in love, falling in love with Ty and he like doesn't know what to do with those feelings. And he, he just like wants to be there for him. But and like this is helping, but and, and he's like maybe it'll go wrong, May, you know maybe it'll. Well, and then like the when they were was it sh- yeah it was shade. He gave him all well, fell gave him all the information, and he goes, but I didn't expect y'all to succeed. You to do it. Like, Where the fuck were... did you get a letter from an alternate universe? What the fuck? <laughs> I told you, but you weren't supposed to actually do the doing. And you and I I think and I said I texted a couple times telling you I'm like oh, I love that we're watching Kit fall in love, you know, with with Ty and at you know at, at this at one of the moments in the, towards like the end of the book you have Ty or you have Kit saying like I love you I love you and you know as the reader I'm taking it as it's a romantic love it's not you know but they all love each other whether it's romantic or platonic whatever it is so like take it as you will. But he, this is also the first person that he's had as a friend that's been drilled in this entire series that he's, you know, that this is somebody his age, 
they would maybe, and then they were talking about Parabatai with Livy, but then Livy was going to be with Ty. There's all these, there's so many different relationships and connections that you just know that Kit and what we believe was falling in love with Ty. He wanted to also be an outlet and a resource for Ty to, as a friend, as somebody he could go to advice, as somebody he can trust. He didn't want to lose this trust. So he's like, I guess I'm in it for the ride. Then I can't remember who, but somebody told Kit, he says, sometimes being the friend is also telling them the thing they don't want to hear too. And Kit can't wrap his head around it either because he hasn't had those relationships. It's only been him and his dad up until this point because they were always on the run or moving or at a shadow market. Like it was all some sort of ulterior motive. And and he's 15. Like they're, he's They're 15. all so young. They're all so young. Like they're 15. But Ugh. also just say that, that they are so young. Um, there's a part where Izzy and Simon and Jason Clary, they're all there. They're like, Oh my God, but they're so young. And I think he, Izzy goes, we did a we lot of stupid too. shit when we were their age. Like, yeah, we think they're young, but we, I think I also had to remember that they're older now. So I think they even said that they're about like between five and 10 years older yeah. collectively compared to the one, the few. And I go, Oh, I forgot. Like this is, they're not all the same age because mm-hmm. as we know, um, from the end of Mortal Instruments, we know Clary's relationship of like little Emma was so young when all this happened, you know, and how young they were because uh, uh, Julian was 12 when he was raising everybody else. So they were younger than 12. It wasn't like they were all 12 at this point. So now they're like 18, 19. So the, the age, <laughs> I just yeah. feel like Izzy was like, y'all, we literally saved yeah, the like, world. Yeah, like, shut up. We were doing shut the same up. fucking thing. Like, <laughs> damn. Oh, it's just, it's it's amazing. Um, So this, this parlay that we have here in the Indomitable Fields, uh, you know, it's on big screen, right? Dearborn put it on big screen, little asshole. Uh, so good. When Julian et al. comes, like, strolling down that hill, I was just like, oh, let's go. Let's go. Go with some politicking. Let's politic so hard here. This is what I want. Um, and they did. They politicked hard as fuck. And Oban is like, what is going on? It's just, it was amazing. It was amazing. I love it so much. I like, I just like each time where, where they, they just got called out on their shit. They're like, Jason Clary are dead. And they were like, this, this Jason Clary bet. They're like, that's bet. a, uh, look alike. <laughs> they're like, oh, oh, we're the look like here. We're holding the mortal, the mortal, mortal sword. sword. You, you want to take this? Didn't you try to kill us? How about you hold the mortal sword and tell us your real plans? We didn't. I wasn't going to do that. Oh, then you should be fine taking the sword and telling us like what you actually did. And I, I just, I love when, when people get served like that and they're like i like bad people like it wasn't like this unintentional like i am so sorry that wasn't my intention kind of thing it was completely deliberate and i love people when people get served like that yeah and dearborn was like no i don't want to tell the truth war and he like <laughs> you know it was very manly he's like um, so and then and then they start battling and then we have christina killing oban and uh you know kieran you know finally you know becomes gang and then uh my favorite part of the battle 
is when Magnus and Ragnar come out. And like, you know, of course, Ragnar and Ragnar, Ragnarless. Uh, but Magnus makes the sky. He makes the sky dark so the vampires can come out. And so everybody can. And that's just so fucking cool. And I remember everyone being like in awe of Magnus's magic and being able to do that and just being like, that's my fucking boy. That's my fucking boy. Magnus, uh, Team Magnus since day one. I'm just, I, I, yep. you know, the one time that I actually got it right about somebody. <laughs> Oh, it's just it's just so good. Um, so then, when, so this the battle is really crazy. But there's some points the writers of Manon go after Kit, and Kit exercises his power for like the first time. He says like something unlocks inside of him, and he's able to like disappear. I think they're horses, and so the riders like fall to the ground. So yeah, and he well, he didn't even know he had the power. Mm-hmm. He it just he found out. That, you know, this whole time, I mean, obviously, since we know from the novellas, uh, The Ghost of the Shadow Market, one of the novellas in there, um, he doesn't think he has, like, he, th- he thinks he's kind of been written off by his, his mom, that she doesn't love him, like, he has his own, like, internal, you know, issues, that he's, like, he thinks it's, like, he's not good enough, all this stuff, all his own internal thoughts, and then he finds out that they're the reason that he does, not only that they're the reason he doesn't have a mom, but to find out that her last words were just begging to like that he's okay like i feel like there was so much closure for him and obviously like anger too that's where it clicks he doesn't know what happened but he just like the rage took over she's like fuck all y'all all y'all fuck all y'all and he's the reason that Emma survived. Mm-hmm. He absolutely saves Emma's life. And then he passes out, which, you know, people do after they exert power like that. <laughs> and um, Jem, Jem takes him, you know, and we see him later. Um, but then we have Zara and Emma's battle. And oh, my God. I oh hate God. her so much. <sighs> I hate her so much. Obviously not Emma. Hate, 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 double hate, loathe. Um, to quote... Mr. Grinch. So I, she's just the worst. She continued, like, these characters continue to be better people than both you and I. Yeah, definitely. Because, <laughs> um, just like we've said in previous episodes where we're like, if there's no head, they're not dead. So I also feel like that mirrors here where, you know, you have like the quote unquote good guys always take the higher road. They're like, we should have redemption. We shouldn't have revenge, blah, blah, blah. Meanwhile, before this, there was already an interaction where Zara's just like mosey on up to the LA Institute. And she's like, you're not going to ask for your sword back. And I was like, this, I hate this person so much. And Emma's like, breathing, meditating. Like, that's not what this is about. And she's like, everything was always handed to you, Emma. And she goes, no, it wasn't. You yeah, no, just, it wasn't. My life know, is like, terrible. <laughs> she's like, just, like, just go. Leave everybody alone. And, and, and Zara is going, oh, well, you know what? If you don't come here in 24 hours, I'm going to do this to you. And I was like, then do it. Do it now. Cause Square I'm not going to be there. I'm Let's not going to be there in 24 hours. So I'm like, if you're going to do it, just, and of course you call a bully out on their bullying. They don't know how to handle. She's never been able to handle anybody calling her out on her shit. And by her, I mean Zara. Um, so now we, fa- we fast forward to this fight. Same thing. Emma just like ugh, fucking slay. She is a queen. I love her in every capacity. And she's the bigger person. And she's like, just fucking go. Leave me alone. Just once again, I defeated your ass. And Emma turns her back and literally gets stabbed in the back 
by Zara. And I just never understand why people just don't follow through. Just like, I know it's like part of the story and like, that's what like the good guy always does or the good person, you know, whatever. But I just, just, they're going to do it again. They're going to do it again. So just like, I, I, they're just, these characters are a better person than I am because I wouldn't, I, no. I, no, one, you know, what is it? Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Like, two, and there's been multiple times, and every time I was like, I'm the better person. I'm the better shadow hunter because you can't say shadow hunters are better because they're both shadow hunters. Just fucking unalive her. She's terrible. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm like ranting. Yeah. She's terrible. She's absolutely terrible. Um, so as, uh, Zara is stabbing Emma in the back. Julian sees Annabelle, which is not Annabelle. It's the idol and demon, yeah. but, but it just like triggers something in Julian. He's like, what the fuck? And he goes after her. Um, and the idol and demon is just like, you kill my brother, you know, fuck you. And then Dane's Kelpie just like kind of like swoops in and saves the day. We love that. We love a callback. And he winks. He winks. He's like, he's like, hey, hey, <laughs> I, I told it. you, like, dead settled. This um, is just like, it reminded me of Akatar and the Tithe where the Selkies came. They were like, we got you, Feyre. We got, we got you. you more. Uh, but then Emma dies in Julian's arms very tragically, very, very sadly, um, very sad. Well, how about the fact, I mean, we, you sent me the, the, the text when you got to this part of the book where you were like, it's happening, it's happening again. And at this point, like, I finally catch up and I'm like crying because now he's seen the, even though it was the demon, shapeshifted into Annabelle, his whole dialogue while holding Emma is referring to her as Livy. Like, if that does, like, talk about heavy. It was so heavy. And of course, at this point, you're just, you're just like, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's all happening at this point. Um, it's, it's so emotional. Yeah. So Julian is like processing this at Lemmy's like, Oh my God, again, it's, it's all happening again. It's just, it's so fucking sad for Julian. Um, but then they, the, the curse is activated. Oh boy. And do they become monsters? They become huge, huge, pure Nephilim. The, the curse has been like totally fulfilled. Like the OG Nephilim. Yes. From like the days of your, what did Magna say? Like 800 years or gems that it was from 800 years ago. The Nephilim size of when demons of similar size roamed the earth. And part of the, the, that came from that strength came from being Parabatai. Yeah. And, and oh my God. <laughs> I remember reading this the first time. I'd be like, okay, they're, they're big. Okay. But then when they started fucking murking people and Julian was just like, oh, there's Dearborn. Fuck you. And just like cracks his spine. <laughs> it's just like, oh, fuck you in particular. It was like, oh, oh, all of you over here in the Malachi configuration. Double fuck you. Um, then I was just like, oh, this is kind of scary. Yeah, they were like tag teaming everybody. Yeah. Even though they didn't realize who each other were, they knew that they were supposed to be working together. And by they, because it was both Julian and Emma who turned into like giant Nephilim. Um, and even Jace is like, I'm here to help. And he's like, Whoop. yeah, get fucked. Get fucked. Uh, <laughs> the thing that I love about the fact that Juliet and Emma get big is it's such a, it's such a message, right? Because Emma later, when they come out of it, right after the family, um, you know, comes on the field and you know talks them down, 
basically. Like the whole family's out there like screaming how much they love them. Yeah, it had nothing to do with like, you need to stop the war is over because they realized, well, Drew realized. She's like, nobody's fucking listening to me. Like somebody needs to listen to me. And finally, Helen, for the first time in their relationship since Helen came back into the picture, she's like, oh, finally, like my sister. Um, She's like, everybody's tried and you know even when they're going out on the field everyone's like we tried telling them to stop we tried telling them the war is over and they're like well that's not what we're gonna do we're gonna do something completely different and they were just they just did that they just said we love you who's gonna be here who's who's gonna do this who's gonna help me do this and it wasn't about necessarily responsibility of upbringing but you know you have drew saying like Emma, you're supposed to help me fight and kick ass. Mm-hmm. Like, I love the way you wield your sword. Are you going to teach me? Or like Ty's, like I already, you know, and Ty's is obviously so sad. Like coming to terms and acknowledging his grief, you know, the whole admittance part of the process of like, I already lost Livy. I can't lose you too. Oh my God. So fucking sad. Uh, so fucking sad. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there, there's oh, no, just so I much know, yeah gonna... there's so much okay okay so they collapse they collapse uh they they wake up three days three, three days later they emma and julian they are no longer parabatai okay all right they're happy they start dating all right let's, and let's yeah. note that they're not parabatai anymore because they were because they were giant nephilim they were burning with heavenly fire and the heavenly fire is what burned the parabatai rune off of them it wasn't like it didn't just happen yes so let's go through this meeting <sighs> This meeting, Gia steps down. She is ill. There is a vote, and Alec becomes consul. Very cool. Very cool. The co-vote. Through vote. Through vote. vote. Fair vote. And everybody, I like how they did that. Everybody voted. Everybody's going to vote. It doesn't matter. Yeah, they're like, what if you're a criminal? They're like, nope, your vote counts. Put your vote in. Yeah, everybody's everybody's, everybody's voting. And we're doing it live. We're doing it right now. I really like that. So Alec wins, and then the cohort do a suicide, like, pact, right? The cohort and the guards and, like, um, um, Laszlo Baloff and, like, all of them are like, look, we're all going to kill ourselves, and you cannot create a new government of change on the dead bodies of all of us. Every time you come in here, you will be tainted with our blood. And Alec is just like, fuck you guys. It's just a place. And peace is out. And everybody leaves. I understand. I need to hear your perspective because I, I, I understand the political part of it because now he's the new – because do you really want to be – enter your new role with all this blood on your hands? I logically understand that. The other part of me is like – Fuck it, then do it. Do it, and the world is better without you. This is just a place. We'll figure it out later. So then it's almost like two birds with sun, one stone. You have it's, – it's just a place, and then you have awful people unaliving themselves so they don't do awful things anymore. Yeah. And then Zara's pissed about it. Oh, my God. Stupid. Ugh. So then she's like, would you really have been my friend if I told you that I didn't like downworlders and I didn't believe? And like, no, no. I Even if you told me that, no, I still wouldn't be your friend. So, like, why is this even a conversation that we're having? It's like, yeah, please stop talking. It's just Zara. <laughs> Zara, what are you doing? But, like, the thing, the thing. Okay, here's the thing with the cohort. They are sealing themselves inside of Idris, of like inside of Alicante. They're not letting anybody else in. That's it. So like, what are they going to do? Like, 
what it, they can't. It didn't make sense. Yeah, it does. It doesn't make sense. the The Silent Brothers aren't with them. The Iron Sisters aren't with them. And there's nobody in or out. So unless they're all farmers, um, they're all going to starve, right? Like, and I they did it to them. Yeah. And they even tried to like. And this is like the good person. Like this is why, like you know, everybody that we like, they're better people. They even try to say. You understand you're locking yourself in there. This means they're like, you won't have access to healthcare. You won't have access to this. You won't have access to that. And the other thing. And they're like, they betrayed us anyway. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, they didn't betray you. Like, I just, it's such a statement because it's like, they didn't betray you. They supported what was right. You're mad that people don't believe in your wrong cause and your wrong beliefs. And that's why they're all just going to rot there, right? Good. Like, they're all just going to rot there, which, you know, fine. Um, Kieran and so Kieran, Mark and uh, Christina, like, kind of had a breakup because Kieran has to, like, stay in fairy because fairy's connected to the land. We know that from the Cruel Prince and Holly Black. Um, but then um, Adayan gives him the cottage. So they have a little, like, place to go to. And we love that. Like, like they have their own little Switzerland. Like, it's completely neutral. Um, Diego's going to be the Inquisitor. And then we, there. I mean, we end, there's an epilogue, but we end with um, a wedding. Jess, did you expect this wedding? You know, I didn't. Because, and I will say this, because I remember you had, I had confused something. We were reading one of the novellas and I go, wait, they're only boyfriends. I thought they were fiancés. I thought they were engaged. I had thought this whole other thing because I know that you had sent me a link, um, from the Shadowhunters show that was on Freeform, um, that there was a wedding. So I knew that there was a wedding. So then I was like, wait, am I mixing things? And you, you told me you were like, you, you're mixing things. The wedding's from the show. And I was like, oh, okay. But I'm not. And you said, no, 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 which you're always so good at like throwing me off, but not in a lying way. You don't troll me. You're just like, well, technically that is from the show, which is, I'm sure what you were. <laughs> that is, it is from the show. That I sent you a link to the show. It Very specifically. On the show. Yeah. And all I knew from the show was it was related to the mortal instrument. So I didn't factor all these other things in. So here we are. We have our Magnus Alec wedding. Um, we have the proposal. You just, just everything about it, everything about it. It was already planned. Everything, you know, he had thought every little thing out and everybody was there and it was so beautiful and it was so simple. Um, and everybody was just happy and celebrating and it was very, but at the same time, I, I understand where you're saying it's bittersweet because at the end, not necessarily end, but you know, like the after party part of the wedding, you have like Julian and Emma just kind of like canoodling on the beach. And then you have Livy, well, Livy's ghost kind of playing in the water with Ty. You have Kit kind of on looking, um, watching this interaction because he's the only other one who can see Livy. Um, and everyone's, you know, and Magnus is dancing with the kids and Jace and Alec are just like, you know, he's like, I'm so excited. Like, you know, they're hyping each other up about like, bro, bro. And Jace already tells Kit, he's like, I'm very secure in my masculinity where I feel confident about sharing my emotions with my parabatai. We love it so much. We love I it so love much. It oh my so God. Much. <laughs> and they're, but it is bittersweet though, because like, Kit, Kit and Ty are done. Like they're done. They, they had a huge fight, a huge falling out. They are done. And Kit 
desperately wants to go to him, but like won't. He just won't. And like Tessa and Jem understand and like take him. They understand. And you know, they were a little shocked at first. They were like, you know, and I understand Kit's rationale. He's like, I wasn't really close with everybody, but I was close with Kit. Or I was close with Ty. And they had their, you know, they had an exchange of words. They had some, you know, and, you know, some people do say like, you know, have very sharp tongues and they say the very like things that can cut through a person and then like where do you go from there how do you take and sometimes it's like do you swap like do you take ownership are you too embarrassed you don't know how everybody everybody handles the situation differently and he told ty he's like i wish i never met you because he was hurt he just said i love you and then ty was like my life means basically nothing because the only person i cared about is dead it's so it's so sad. It's so um, sad. So if if you are still listening, thank you. Uh, the the book ends with uh, the epilogue of Ash and Thule Jace meeting with the Seely Queen, who has decided. So Thule Jace got through like that. I'm hearing he got through that portal, bringing him to now. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, very scary. Very scary. We we don't know where that that is going to go. That's how the book ends. Okay. Huh. There is another, like, set of books coming called The Wicked Powers that is about Ty and Livy and, like, that situation. Yeah. So, okay, when we first started recording, we, when I, well, when I was starting to read Ghosts of the Shadow Market, you said, you cherry-picked which novellas for me to read. And you said, don't read this one. And then you said, okay, now you can read the whole thing through including that last one that I told you not to read. And you said that last chapter has to do with um, Ty beeling at the school Yes. And so is it like the end of that book sets us up for the wicked powers? Sort of, sort of. You'll, you'll, you'll see. You'll see. You'll see. Okay. Because I was going to say, like, where do we go from here? Because, and I say that because we know this book came out and was released in 2018. But we also know that she's actively been doing The Last Hours with a new book coming out in Jan- currently slated for January 2023. Oh, my God. I can't believe it's 2023. Um, but with that, those are, like, past. I say past. Those are, like, with, like, the... The children mm-hmm. of the Infernal Devices series. So, what I guess I, there's no word on this new Wicked Powers with all the the Blackthorn siblings and such. It hasn't been sold yet. She hasn't been contracted for it yet. Oh my God, people get on it. I will. I wish I had money. I'd be like, here you go. Just make it for me, please and thanks. But she's got it. She's got it like all mapped out and stuff. So you know, we all we're all just waiting. So we're waiting for the the new release of the last hours, and that's what's going to tide us. Uh, so no, we don't know where we go from here really yet. Uh, we don't have a lot, except we have um, the letters from Blackthorn Hall or Blackthorn Manor. I was going to ask. That's the online thing, right? Yeah, that is Julian and Emma's travel year. Oh, they gotta get more. It is Julie. Okay. So, you know, at this ends with Emma and Christina trying to like close her suitcase because they're going on a trip around the world, which is typically expected of yeah. shadow hunters to like also learn about the other institutes mm-hmm. and like understand other cultures. So it's like when you're doing gen ed and undergrad. Yes. Uh, so that, so those, that, 
the online series, which um, Cassandra Clare has said maybe she's going to like have it all like bound, which would be really nice, um, is part of Julian and Emma's travel year. And it's a series of like letters of like updates of everybody that's like going on. If she bound that and if she did that on Audible, the way I would pay for James Marsters to 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 narrate that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? I know. It's so good. Um, So we have that. I have, I've told you this before, but I have purposely not read that so that I can keep it completely like separate so we can do yeah. that. So now I can just like go balls to the wall with that. I'm very excited. Um, This is Run Long. We know this. Jess, do you like this book? I love this book. I love it so much. I think I like, I sent you a stupid audio. I sent you many, many audios over the last few days on this series where I was like, I just love that you like we did it in this order and that you 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 guided me in this order and you cherry picked the things that we need to do to have the impact the way it did. I would totally reread this again and I would only reread it. I feel like I would only reread it again in the order. I don't know. I feel like this is I can see why. Sometimes where you're just like, I'm going to pick up where the I'm going to pick up this book or I'm going to pick up when you just kind of want to be back into these worlds that you and characters that you love so much at the same time. It's just like uh, you need to know what kind of emotional place you want to be in when you're reading this. Are you looking for big feelings are you looking for i need to remember i'm a badass like where are you mentally and where you want to be and like how you want to be comforted um but i would easily i i currently okay i'm gonna guess for you series order it would be infernal devices dark artifices and mortal instruments yeah okay yeah yeah, because i don't count the last hours because it's not done. Okay. It's not complete. So I can't count that. I can't get that. Um, but yeah, that is absolutely my order. Absolutely. Um, the mortal instruments, uh, as, as I have said, as we have said on this is, is necessary is a thousand percent necessary. You have to read it. Um, it is just not great, but you get from that, you get all of this. And this is so good. This book is a YA book about grief. Um, and it does not shy away from the reality of grief or the like, I've said it before in Cassandra Clare books, like the thing happens, the bad thing happens. It always does. Uh, and, and it's how everybody deals with it that makes the story like that much more powerful um, because they just do things that we wouldn't, right? Because they're better people than we are. Um, but it is really special. And these characters like Julian and Emma, like I know a lot, like the the criticisms is like a lot, the, the plot doesn't start till chapter 16 and up till chapter 16, it's just like descriptions of collarbones, cheekbones and um, feelings in your stomach. But like, it's more than that because trying to put words to grief is difficult in and of itself. And then having to do that for like, 12 characters in like 12 different ways i'm assuming it's a lot uh is difficult and it was done and it was done well and i do really appreciate that so i i do i really love these books and like the representation is there of course i can't speak on it i'm a boring like white woman but um it's there it no one has said that it is harmful and if it were people would say it was 
I'm confident in that. <laughs> I'm confident people would be bitching if it was bad. There's a lot of things people complain about with Cassandra Clare, and I can be on my own soapbox for that, um, considering the discourse and, and, and conversation surrounding House of Dragons right now. Um, but I won't. That's its own episode. Um, when people want to be vocal about the things they want to be vocal about, do your own research when it comes to Cassandra Clare. Yep. Do your own research. As always, do your own research. We are not experts, as we say. So before we have this episode go longer, sorry, Editor Sam. <laughs> Please feel free to follow us on Instagram, Akafe Podcast. We're also both on TikTok, Akafe Laura and Akafe Jessica. Thank you so much for joining us with this. We know we could can clearly go into this episode some more. We might down the road. But as always, we appreciate you listening and thanks so much for joining. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Bye. Bye.